Yo, yo, what's going on? This is new coverage of podcast where we give flowers and control the narrative. We are continuing our preview of Big Ten teams, uh, making our way out west. We started out with some teams in the east, Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State, now hitting Ohio uh, with the Buckeyes. Um, just to give a rundown of last season, um, they went 20 and 12. 12 and 8 in conference, had a rough start to the season, uh, especially against power five opponents, losing to Xavier and Florida, but then had a huge win against Duke in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And uh, Zed Key, who's a returner, had a huge game there. Um, had a kind of an up and down um, conference slate. Um, Malachi Brandom kind of emerged as a star to go along with EJ Liddell um, through conference play. Uh, kind of struggled to get consistent um, production from some of the others, um, but they still managed to have a pretty good season. However, towards the end of the year, they lost five of their last seven games, including a first round exit in the Big Ten tournament to Penn State. They beat Loyola in the first round of the NCAA tournament and then lost to Villanova in the second round. This is a team that loses nine scholarship players, which is crazy. That's crazy. Nine yeah. scholarship players. Like <coughs> whole team. I can't even imagine if I'm Chris Holtman, you know, how I'm preparing and planning for this upcoming season. Um, they did have a trip to the Bahamas that, you know, we'll touch on a little bit as well. Um, but the three guys they do have returning, I like. Um, Zed Key, um, starting center. Well, you know, was in and out of the lineup as a starter last season. Um, and then Eugene Brown the third, who I felt like emerged as a potential 3 and D threat for this team. And then Justice Suing, who is um, didn't play last year due to injury, but, you know, had a solid season two years ago, um, you know, was one of the better players in the Pac-12 at Cal. So it'll be exciting to see him fully healthy this upcoming year. But one of the things with the Buckeyes this upcoming season is you're going to see a lot of production or a lot of court time for young players. And that starts with probably their starting point guard, who uh, Rafe Bell's a little bit more familiar with, you know, being uh, more connected with the Atlanta area and Atlanta basketball um, is Bruce Thornton. So Rafe Bell, give me kind of like a breakdown of what Buckeye fans, Big Ten fans should expect um, from point guard Bruce Thornton. Sorry, real quick, four-star point guard, top 10 point guard in the country um, so yeah, Rafael, yeah, give us kind of a breakdown just of what to expect from him this season. Now, you first thing you expect is just toughness and grit. I would say that's what jumps off the board when you first see him. You see his body and his body type and his size and the stature of him, and what you see is what you get. Uh, hard nose, play hard. He's a point guard, a, a smaller point guard that averaged, I think, around eight rebounds. Wow, while he was in high school, so. You get a guy like that, I think he averaged around 18, 8, and 8. So, little guy, not afraid to go in there and mix it up, can score from all three levels. If he's open, he can make a three. He can play off a pick and roll, get into a jumping shot. And then his physical stature allows him to go finish with the best of them. I think early on, 
I think he'll make a presence defensively with his quickness, with his body, being able to size guys up, getting getting in the guys, making them uncomfortable. And then his offense will come. I don't know if they will expect a lot of them offensively to start, but I think he's a guy that's going to definitely grow into a role, grow into a leadership role with his ability to play hard and his toughness. I think it's just easy to follow, but I'm excited. And I'm excited for what he can do. I saw him a lot while he was in high school. I know Purdue recruited him a bunch. So to see him um, to see him in action is going to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely more familiar with him. I mean, from what I've seen, you know, with high school prospects, you know, a lot of times you just see the the highs. You know, you don't really, you know, there, it's not documented there, um, you know, some of the weaknesses or some of the things that they, they need to work on in their game. But looking at a guy like Bruce Thornton, I don't see a ton of weakness. And I think you touched on it. He's a guy that can score at all three levels, has an extremely quick release to his jump shot. And he's built like a bowling ball. Like he is like a real like big 10 point guard. Like when you think of it, like, you know, a lot of times freshmen come in, especially scoring freshmen, a lot of times are thinner, right? That's just kind of, you know, the nature of, of, of scores is that, you know, they have thin frames, you know, more finesse, more skill. This kid has the physicality to go along with the skill, obviously not tall, but right. a guy that I think that, you know, right away is going to be able to compete against, you know, some some of the better guards, the Xavier Johnsons, the A.J. Hogards, the Boo Booies, the Jalen Pickett's of the world. You know, I think he's a guy that's going to go toe-to-toe with the best, you know, in terms of uh, what we have at the guard position. Um, all right, so moving on, you know, obviously I think there's going to be a ton of pressure, you know, on Bruce Thornton, you know, because, you know, as I alluded to, you know, he was, I believe, the starting point guard in the Bahamas um, for Ohio State. And that, you know, that says a lot, you know, having no experience, um, under Chris Holtman's system, Chris Holtman trusted him right away, you know, to play against, you know, two national teams. I think, I believe they played Egypt and Puerto Rico, um, actually played against Alfonso Plummer, um, out there. So, you know, I think to, to, for Chris Holtman to show that trust and to put the ball in his hands and even in those exhibition games, I think really, um, shows something, I think. So now when you go into the two guard position, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a clear cut favorite. I think when you look at it, it's probably either going to be Sean McNeil or Isaac Likely. Um, I'll, I'll touch on both of those guys first. Sean McNeil, you know, is, is a catch and shoot guy. West Virginia transfer average, you know, almost 13 points per game, shot 38% from three the last two years at West Virginia. Um, Isaac likely is pretty much the exact opposite, a guy that's just a downhill, uh, type player, not a shooter at all. Teams would oftentimes play him at the free throw line. Um, but a, a, a good player has, has good size, um, kind of a do it all guard. Um, so I, I like what Chris Holtman, um, got in the transfer portal. Uh, Rayfield, what do you, what do you think that, you you would want to see from Ohio State from the two or just from their guard position overall and and not to, and I should mention Roddy Gale is a uh, incoming freshman as well extremely talented good shooter great athlete um, that'll be in the mix. I think the biggest thing and something glaring from Ohio State is just a guy that 
It's going to go 35. Well, no, a guy that's going to shoot above 40% from three mm-hmm. consistently. That's yep. going to open up the floor. I think that's what they were missing last year. You had guys that that was their job. It just wasn't making shots. And right. Malachi and Brandon was more of a mid-range game. If he was making shots, he could stretch out to the three-point line. But they don't. They didn't necessarily have that guy where if he's open, it's going in. It's no doubling off of him. You run him off of three, four screens, and the whole defense is going to adjust to him. I think that's what they're missing. I don't know which guy that will be. But I think if they can get a guy that can run some misdirection and then maybe get some yes. dead key in the post or some two-man game on that side, you're going to need that. And when the Big Ten, like you said, I remember, remember there was guys that we played against at Purdue and A.J. Hammonds would guard them and they'll be point guards and he would guard them at the free throw line right at the Big Ten. So yep. you can't shoot it. And I was that guy. People will back up. So – you got to understand that if you got a dominant post guy with Zed Key could be, you got a quick point guard that can get in the lane. It would get real jammed up if you're out there with no shooters. So right. I think that's the biggest thing that their wings are going to have to make shots. Right. And yeah, I think you, I mean, you didn't mention his name, but Justin Arns was, was essentially supposed to be that guy. I think last season, even when you watched him play, Chris Holtman had a ton of stuff ready for Justin Arms in terms of, you know, misdirections, uh, you know, putting them in different spots, put them in at the high post, you know, those kind of those, those sets where you go down and then you come back up and, um, you know, just to be frank, he didn't knock them down and, you know, that's okay. But in order for this team, especially without an EJ Liddell, without a Malachi Branham, they need, especially, I, I think I look at this kid, Sean McNeil to knock down, some of those shots because right. that, like you said that's just going to open up the floor um for everybody yeah, so moving it's down, not even about it's not about how much you score it's just about somebody's just trying to make a shot yeah you gotta yeah you gotta yeah. space the floors because that's like you said it's gonna open up things for zed key you know short roll situations you know teams aren't gonna be able to just collapse you know because we even saw last year i mean teams would just collapse right. on liddell and that and some of those high post situations that he had so, <laughs> All right, so going into kind of their forwards, um, you know, you you look at uh, obviously Justice Suing um, is a guy that is, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him in Columbus, not only in Columbus, I think in the Big Ten uh, of what he's going to bring because you look at what he did at Cal, you know, was a guy that, you know, was was in the running, if if I'm not mistaken, for being – you know, a first team all Pac-12 player. I don't know if it was second or third team that he ended up making, but you know, he he was an elite Pac-12 player because not of only what he brought on the offensive end, which was about 15 points per game, but what he brought um, on the defensive end. You know, with his versatility and his size. And then um, you got Bryce Sensabaugh, a guy that you know was a four-star, um, top 10 or 11 power f- or uh, forward in the country. Um, a guy that can kind of do it all um, in terms of, you know, shooting, um, size, you know, physicality, kind of similar in the sense of of Bruce Thornton in terms of, you know, just being Big Ten ready. Um, so what do you think, Rafael, like when you look at, you know, some of those guys obviously not being experienced, but having a ton of talent, yeah. right? Having, you know, scored at different levels but not the big 10 level per right. se what what's the expectation there 
Well, yeah, especially with the freshman, I mean, average is 25 as a senior in high school. I think uh-huh. he made it close to 93 pointers, which is no matter who you play with, you playing against if you're playing against somebody, making 93s is not an easy thing to do in live basketball. Right. So he can clearly shoot the basketball. The line is going to be a little farther, and you see freshmen struggle with that. I see guys that like Randy Johnson was a really like a dead eye shooter in high school. Mm. You leave him open, it was going in. He got to school, it really didn't adjust that way starting off. So mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a while to get used to it. But he's a guy that it's in him to score the ball. You don't just slip on a banana peel and average 25. That means some right. games there was he maybe had got 40. And then some game he was just off a little bit. So you see him and you see him having that ability. Maybe it doesn't have to be everything that you got last season from your freshman or from your other EJ Liddell or from my Malachi Branham, but he just has to be solid in a sense with, especially when you think of Justin Stewart being an older guy sitting right. out last season. When you sit out, I mean, you sat out with injury, outside out with injury, you learn the game a little more. So when you're back out there, sometimes it slows down for you. If you really took that time serious and you were watching film, you were really studying with the guys, you didn't just really just sit down. And I think if he, can come back with that leadership and that hungry, that hunger, he can be a leader, but also be a guy that they need a bucket. We can go to him. We can get to his spot. Right. And you have those two guys kind of leading the wings and you can see them both getting to the basket and playing with it. And that's why not why I think shooting is so important for this team, because mm-hmm. you got big forwards that can really play in the lane that can make, make some things happen. But in order for that to happen, it's gotta be some space. Yeah, and I, I watched a little film on Justice Suing because I wasn't as familiar um, with him, um, probably as most are, you know, being that I was overseas um, for the, the, you know, most of his better days, you know, in college basketball. Um, he, I wonder if the injury was a blessing in disguise for him to develop his jump shot. Right. Because his jump shot is, I, I think, offensively, especially just a catch-and-shoot three, was probably the one of the weaker points of his game, you know. And, and he could do a lot of things, you know, like mid-range footwork, you know, catching it in the uh, the mid-post area, catching it on the wing. He could score in, in so many different ways. But then when I looked, when he had those opportunities where the ball kind of just got to him and he was open – you know, a lot of those misses weren't just misses. They were kind of bad misses. Right. So, right. you know what I mean? I, I think I think that's that's huge that you mentioned that. Just like, can he be a guy, you know, where if you kick it out to him, you know, it's going to be a high percentage look. And the same thing for Bryce Sensaba. Like, can, can those two guys be good shooters? Because that's going to open up everything for everybody else. And then I also think with Justice Suing, another thing I forgot to mention is, you know, he's a guy that I believe his first year at Ohio State shot only seven times a game. And obviously he was playing with great players. Right. right. Um, but he he's gonna be have to be a guy that kind of goes back to his cow days where he's shooting yeah. twelve to thirteen, maybe even fourteen shot attempts a game to give them a chance. Um, you know, for the for them to score some points. Yep. And last but not least, the big fella, Zed Key. Um, you know, he was a guy that that had a, a, a really good start um to the season. 
And then, you know, there were some injury issues, durability issues. Um, what are your expectations for him? Because, you know, he kind of he kind of gets overlooked when you talk about Big Ten bigs. Even uh, there's a lot of talk about Cliff Amore coming into this season. Like there's not a ton of Zed Key talk. Then obviously you got the pillars, yep. you know, in the in, you know, with Purdue, IU and Michigan. You know, what, what do you expect from Zed Key? Exactly what you said. Nobody's talking about him. I mean, right now, I guess essentially you would think he's comes in as, I guess, if you're looking at TJD, Zach Eady, Hunter Dickerson, Cliff Amore, you've got to go Zeki next. And I think he's as talented skill-wise as any of those guys. I think right. he, when he's playing and you see the game against Duke and you see games where he can get you 20 and 10 and they're feeding him and he's the guy they're going to. I think he could be that way every game as long as he's in shape, his body's feeling right. I mean, obviously he has some injuries. So he can stay healthy. I think he can emerge as one of the better bigs and be in that conversation. I think he's as physical as any of those guys. Athletically, not as much as a Cliff Amore, but he wow. puts that he put that body into you. It's, mm -hmm. it's no more jumping. So he's going to have to me. To me, he's going to be the rock of the team. I think this yeah. team goes as he goes emotionally on the court. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. I mean, I know you got Eugene Brown that could give you some energy off the bench at either four position, or maybe they go small ball and run some five, run them at some five. But I think with that key, you can get 20, 25 minutes out of him of real production. And I think yeah. if he's around 17 points, 10 rebounds, I mean, Ohio State is in business. Yes. That's asking a lot, but I think he's talented enough and he's shown flashes where he just has to be consistent. And without EJ Liddell getting those touches, right? It's just all about him just wanting the basketball and when he gets it, doing something with it. Right. Cause you know, that's that's funny that you mentioned that. Cause it's like it's interesting that when you are a post player, but you're having to defer to another post player like that that's challenging right like that's because essentially you're just kind of standing there in their way you know trying to play off of them trying to play in that dunker spot yep. you know where you have your you know you know the back of your feet to 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 the baseline um you know just trying to make sure you're not getting in his way clean up the offensive glass if it, you know if it's a miss you know, that, that that's how he spent a lot of his time or as a screener for um, Malachi Branham. But I, I agree. I, I think everything has to start and end with Zed Key. Every game, that ball's got to go down there to the big fella. You know what I mean? In crucial moments, you know, where they're struggling to get a basket because this team is going to struggle at times to get baskets. Like, they just are just because of the continuity. Like, no matter how much talent you have, it takes time for you to to learn how to play with one another. And I think you you said he could be that solid rock. Like when we're struggling to get a basket, we could run a simple post set where we can get him on that because he loves to go off the right shoulder. You know, where you get him on that right block and he can use that left hand, that left hand hook and, yep. and get you an easy basket. And so I, I think that I, I don't, yeah, I, if I'm him, 17 and 10 is my goal, you know, kind of like one of those things where you say i'm shooting for the what's, what's the old shoot for the cloud land on the moon or no shoot for the moon land on the clouds you know shoot type of deal where land on the moon. Whoa, wait what is it 
<laughs> I'm not good shoot, with analogies. Shoot for the stars, land on the moon, ain't it? Shoot for the stars, land on the moon. There, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's, that's the last time I'm going to use something like that again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think that that's got to be his mentality. Like, yo, I can go out here and be a top two, top three, if not the best center, you know, in the Big Ten. Um, and I mean, if you're, the best the, if you're the best center in the Big Ten, you're All-American. Yeah, for sure. So, for I mean, sure. it's just going out there and competing. If you go out there and compete, I mean, and it's it's just the, the difference between them. I mean, it's just the, the inch difference. You could have replaced – I mean, you could re- replace um, Kofi, Kofi Coburn last season with Zach Eady or Trevion Williams or TJD. Right. And this year, it's got to be Zach Key in that conversation as well. And I think yeah. um, even if it's not force-feeding them, go get it off the glass. Yeah. You the, you're the guy that's been in the big games, that's been in the close games, on the road or at home, where you know how to win games and you've seen how to lose games. Right. He's got to be the one to talk to those younger guys. And when that when Bryce or Bruce, they're struggling, he's got to pull them aside and say, get it going. You know what I mean? So it's, for me, production and leadership, being a guy, you know his personality, being a friendly guy, he's just got to yeah. turn it into getting, getting everything out of his teammates. Agreed, 100%. 100%. And one one transfer I forgot to mention that I that I feel like I, I should mention is Tanner Holden, uh Wright State transfer, average 20 points per game. He's gonna be a guy in the backcourt slash he's kind of a hybrid of a guard and forward, um, kind of a downhill player, not a great shooter as well. Um, that's gonna be in the mix. So definitely wanted to to make sure to not forget him. So predictions, what are your predictions Ooh. this year with Ohio State what they with what they have some of the question marks some of the holes that we talked about man uh, it's tough because me I'm not always uh, I'm old school in a sense of I'm not always high on freshmen yeah even necessarily transfers transferring into a new league especially a league like the Big Ten I don't It'd be tough for Ohio State to crack the top five, in my opinion. Right. Um, with the, what they have, I think they finish somewhere in between the eight and ten. I think somewhere between that eight and ten mark. I think um, if they can get a lot of production out of the freshmen, I think if Zach Key has the all Big Ten type of season, I can see him getting six or seven being right there, especially with the Big Ten being so wide open. Mm-hmm. I think my five, my top five, I would say is – I don't want to say set, but I think with Ohio State, with what they they lost, I mean, you lose two first round caliber draft picks. It's a lot, especially when you right. already didn't have the pieces to surround those guys and go deep in the tournament and whatnot. I don't know, tournament sometimes is a crapshoot, you lose one game, but with the way they finished and what they have coming in, I think this is a building year for them. I think next year they could be really good. They could surprise me and they could. Remember what I said, and they could hang it up on the <laughs> right. We gonna have to put this. The, Rayfell Davis, Big Ten yeah, got to finish it in tenth place. Yeah, if I gotta crazy. be the guy, y'all hang up in the locker room. Let me be the guy, <laughs> hang it up. I don't see it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of similar with you. I, I'm 
because I think, you know, we're similar in the sense of like, you know, you it takes time to develop. You know, we believe right. that. And then the other thing is like you stick it out with where you're at. You know, I'm not right. a huge like, you know, I'm not going to give teams that are have a full, you know, full of transfers, you know, a ton of love necessarily compared to teams that have stuck together. Right. And so when I look at, you know, nine guys, you know, and I understand with the draft, you know, it wasn't all guys transferring out. But, you know, when I look at how many new pieces that they have to put together and figure right. out in the Big Ten, like that is not an easy thing to do. Like that, that's going to be extremely challenging. And I think, you know, for me, prediction wise, the the reason that I felt like they were at the top was solely because of Malachi Branham's emergence like that you know you knew what EJ Liddell was going to be you knew he was going to be an all Big Ten player like that was set in stone but you just kind of didn't know who that second guy was going to and he emerged and became a second star in the Big Ten I I felt like he got snubbed from from uh from or did he make an all Big Ten team Malachi Branham did he make their team I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure either but I, I I felt like he could even you know I think he did I think he could have made second team I, I thought he was that good in conference play, um so I think you know when you look at you know the recruiting classes that these you know that a team like Ohio State gets I look at a guy like Bryce Sensabaugh like why not him be kind of what Malachi Branham was last season in terms of being a star freshman compete for you know freshman of the year in the conference because the opportunity is there you know and they need it from that yeah Yeah. and they need it from them so I think yeah I I think it 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 solely depends on just you know talent overcoming you know and a guy like Bruce Thornton as well being kind of you know a guy that competes to be on the all-freshman team because if not you know based on what they have just as just assuming coming off an injury um you know, transfers, I think that it could just be one of, you know, maybe a down year in Columbus. Right. And a down year in Columbus is, you know, a six through 10 seed. Like, yep. there, there's top five expectations um, right. year in and year out in Columbus. So, yeah, that that's 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 my prediction. I'm going to say, I'm going to say seven through nine. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go eight. I'm going to say seven through nine. And I'm going to, my number will be, Eight. I think they'll finish eighth in the conference. So I can see it. Yeah. All right. This is um Ohio State preview. Um our next schools will be the Michigan schools. That'll be a ton of fun to to break those down. Um this is new coverage, man. Trey Demps, Rafael Davis signing off. <laughs>